Hey, this is Timmy Ruff from the New Roses from Germany, and you're listening to Jay Scott and the Hope Rocks. Friday, everyone. It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out the Hook Rocks, as well as many of my friends on that platform, like Vinny Apice and Carmen Apice on the Hanging and Banging, Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, and Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast, plus many others as well that I always mentioned typically on an episode don't forget to follow the hook rocks on social media on instagram twitter and facebook at the hook rocks as well as all podcast platforms we've had some great episodes recently we recently had tuck smith tyler bryant and many others on the show a lot of new music spotlights not a lot of new great episodes and we've got a special one for you today like i said it's New Music Friday, it's album release day, and the album is Pawns and Kings. The band is Alter Bridge, and the guest is guitarist Mark Tremonte. What's happening, Mark? How are you? How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you doing this. Um, Good to see you again, and uh, hey, man, the new album's out. I absolutely love it. Thank you. I guess the first question I have is in regards to... Your projects, what you do, whether it's with Tremonti, whether it's with the special project that you did on the Frank Sinatra album, and you couple that with what Miles does, how do you guys come together for an album when you write music? Uh, Usually me and Miles will write uh, demos and we'll start putting them into a Dropbox file for the rest of the band to hear. And then we'll kind of put our two cents into what these demos sound like and i'll send miles ideas he'll send me ideas and then by the time we get to pre-production we have a pretty good idea of which songs we want to tackle which ones are the best which ones are going to make the cut and then we put the uh the rhythm section jumps in and puts the alter bridge spin on everything when you think of the ideas and the demos that you do and you're bringing all that stuff together collectively you know you 
you know, have other projects that you do. Miles does as well. How do you guys decipher which one is an Alter Bridge song or an Alter Bridge idea? Well, whenever, whenever you say you're done with the previous record, all of a sudden it's, it's uh, the race starts for the writing of the next record. So I have the next record in mind, whatever project I'll be working on. But if an idea is old, like I have um, thousands upon thousands of ideas that are, you know, many years old. So if I go back into the, any of those ideas, then it just kind of goes, um, the judgment goes, if it's too heavy, sometimes if it's a speed metal thing, sometimes I'll put it into my Tremonti project. Uh, if it's a very atmospheric thing that I can't sing as well as it needs to be sung, I'll, I'll hand it over to Alter Bridge. So it's, um, I kind of have a, a inner filter, if you will. A lot of this album is really based on what is happening in reality today, coming out of a pandemic. Um, I, I think of the song, This Is War, and how it's basically a a um, a song about the war on narratives, the war on information, the war on how we absorb and receive information. Um, and it's it kind of carries through on a couple other songs you know, when you're writing music and writing lyrics, especially the song that you sing, and we'll get into that, you know, these ideas that come about, is it just something that, you know, organically happens? Or are you constantly thinking about ways to approach this point of view when you are writing something that is really based in reality? Well, the the luckiest you can get is to have outside influences kind of seep into your creativity, uh, things going on in the world, things going on in your personal life or your friends' lives. Uh, but more times than not, you have to get creative and find new ways to to get creative and to write lyrics. Lyrics are tough. It's uh, the way I like write lyrics. I, I teach um, songwriting in clinics when I go on tour usually. And um, the trick I have is I sing right off the bat. I'll write a melody and then I'll just sing to it almost like a um, almost like a freestyle rapper would rap. I, I just throw lyrics out there. And I'll do that for like 10 minutes straight. And then I'll come back to it days later, listen to it and say, all right, this word works. This word works. I'm starting to see a theme here. Let me see if I can make these two parts make sense. And you kind of mold these ideas that happen by chance into something that's meaningful to you. What's really cool about this record and Alter Bridges music is, you know, when you do write a song that is on something sensitive or something that is you know, what everyone feels and sees, you guys never get preachy. It's always a perspective. It's not meant to tell you how to think or, you know, tell you which way to go. It's just giving out a perspective of what's happening in a pretty much layman's term of of what's happening in society or an issue. Is that something that you are aware of when you're writing that you don't want to be too preachy, that you just want to give your perspective and it's up to the listener to kind of determine how they feel about it? Yeah, you know, I think being too preachy or being too opinionated is polarizing and it's just not what we do artistically naturally. You know, it's, um, you know, if, if you're ever going to do something that is an opinion or preachy in a song, it's usually from somebody else's point of view because that's just not the type of people we are. The song that you um, sing on, on the album, um, which is called Stay, which is, you know, very a song about support, a song about getting through and healing. Um, how did that song come about? You know, I was um, it's one of those moments where I was just kind of sitting around on the couch watching movies with my kids, actually. And I and I was just 
thinking, humming something in my head. And I, I remember walking, having to leave, leave the room and um, write this part. That happens to me all the time where I'll just kind of walk around humming things in my head and uh, try to write something from it. And um, I had this part kicking around for, that's probably the oldest part that I had for this record was the, the uh, chorus for stay. And then um, one day I was like, you know what? I better finish this idea. I sat down to try to write the verse. And I actually ended up liking the verse more than the chorus in the end. And the, the lyrics just came out naturally. It's more of, of, you know, like you said, all those reasons, uh, all those meanings of those lyrics also just kind of seizing the day and, and uh, getting on your two feet and, and embracing uh, the challenges that, that await you. Yeah, what I found really interesting about that song too, is, you know, just, for my own self, you know, we, we all went through the same thing over the last couple of years, which is the pandemic. And it was a transition to get back to living because we had become accustomed to staying in or not going out as much, um, not being as active socially as we, as we normally are. And that creates a lot of scars. It creates a lot of issues because you have to kind of reintroduce yourself to the world. And, there were a lot of issues, whether, you know, seeing my son who started high school, you know, when this all began and him kind of missing out on some experiences and, yeah. you know, him kind of doing the same thing every day and just knowing my own self, how, how social beings that we are. You know, when you wrote that song, it has a lot of different meanings. You can wrap a, lo- a lot of different meanings around it. And it really is a, a great theme for people coming out of this situation that are trying to to get back to what it was and trying to feel those same feelings again. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that, that you get that meaning out of it. Cause it's, um, you know, all these songs mean so many different things to so many people. And when uh, I think when you set the mood with that melody and you put a lyric that means something to you, to it, it's going to mean many different things to many different people. And, and I've heard so many people come up to me over the years and say, I, I love that this song is about this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to correct you because I'm great. That song has a meaning for you. It meant something different to me. Um, so it's sometimes the toughest thing about explaining lyrics on a record is is when I've heard artists explain it. I'm like, ah, that kind of ruins it for me. I felt one way about it and the artist felt a different way. So I, I have to change my opinion on that song. Um, but yes, yeah, stay, you know, could mean, like I said, many things, many different people. Looking at this record and looking at the music, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier when you when you and miles are working on different projects is it hard to temper enthusiasm when you have an idea for a song for alter bridge and you're going through these cycles of other albums that you're doing other projects that you're doing you know like oh wow i got this great idea and you're sharing it with the band sharing it with miles how do you temper that excitement and enthusiasm and stay in the moment with the other stuff while also looking forward to what you have coming with alter bridge well, I think what we have that benefits us by going back and forth is whenever we get back into another project, it's like starting all over again with that group of folks. And, and uh, it makes it exciting, keeps it exciting for us. If we just stayed in Alter Bridge for 20 years straight and did, didn't do anything else, it might get a little stale. So um, I'm always excited when we switch gears. You know, I've, I've, uh, I'm excited to relearn all these songs that we recorded on this record to go play them live. And I'm also excited to get on tour and start writing for the next, you know, Tremonti record or Alter Bridge record. That's an interesting point that you make, because back in the day, you know, bands were bands and they stayed in that band for however many years that they were around. Very seldom that they do projects outside of that entity. Being in different projects and doing different things does 
that help you evolve as a musician? Uh, absolutely. You know, by being in um, Alter Bridge, I was kind of a, uh, you know, I didn't like to get on the mic other than singing backup vocals. I didn't want to talk to the crowd. I didn't want to do these things. Um, by going into the Tremonti band and being the front man of that band, it made me much more confident on stage, made me a better singer, better performer. And then when I went and did this Frank Sinatra record, it completely made me um, uh, re-evaluate how I look at how to sing. And now, now that I've got those, those tools and those techniques, it really helps me going forward. Helps you, you know, when you're writing lyrics, when you're writing guitar parts, writing songs for all these different bands, whenever you go back into whatever project you're working on, you're just coming more with more tools and more colors to add to whatever you're already working on. As far as the evolution of the band, when you look back at the previous albums now to this one, Pawns and Kings, which is out today, everyone. So go check it out. Go stream it everywhere. Buy the physical copy as well. Um, when you think of the previous stuff versus now, how has Alter Bridge evolved as a band? Well, if you look at One Day Remains versus this record, you know, it's it's almost like it's two different bands at this point. You know, we we still... The one common thread is melody is the most important part of any song. Melody is, 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 is top, top of the line for our concerns. But I think, you know, on the first record, Miles wasn't even playing guitar. You know, Miles has become such a big part of that layered guitar with Alter Bridge that it's, uh, it would seem crazy not to have him playing guitar anymore. And, uh, you know, I think our songs were simpler back in the very beginning. And I, I think uh, just because we've had to write so many different records now, seven different records with Alter Bridge, you don't want to repeat yourself. So you have to do something different. You got to learn how to add new elements into your, into your songs, add new arrangements. So over the years, things I think have gotten just a little more um, uh, involved, you know, over the years. What does the album say for the band today? I mean, every, every album I look at, for an artist or a band is kind of like a diary entry, you know, where that band is perspective wise, emotional wise, uh, musically wise too, as well. What does this album say where you guys are at today? I think this just says, Hey, Hey guys, we're, uh, we're, we're trying as hard as we can to put out the best record we can to, to, you know, we've been, been gone for a while. You haven't seen us in, in, a, in a few years and, and uh, we're, you know, we're all, we're all guns blazing. So ready to go. The song Fable of the Silent Sun, which is kind of like the epic song on the album. It's over eight minutes long. You know, when you're putting together a, a song like that and creating a song like that, um, is the intention to you know, write a song of that length or does it just happen organically? It just fits to what you're doing? No, it just happens. You know, that song used to have um, the whole first minute and a half or so of that song used to be a different song. And they just those pieces fit so well together. It became one, one piece. And then you add, you know, you add parts for dynamics and then you don't want to take away the other parts because they fit so well. And it just keeps on getting longer. Um, like a song, like, like sin after sin, a six and a half minute song. When I originally was writing that song, it was all based around the main riff of that, that song. I kept on throwing more and more ideas at it until I felt like it was finished. And um, when I did feel like I had all the, five or six great pieces that needed to be in that song. I saw that there were so many other pieces that I didn't want to eliminate because I liked them so much. So I had to do my best to make that, that work. And when you do that, it's not going to be a three and a half minute song. As long as the song is a better song for all the pieces that you keep in it, 
you know, keep them. I don't worry about a song being, um, you know, over five minutes because it can't get on radio. You know, I just want the song to be the best it can possibly be. And um, if it's a 15 minute song and it all works great. Does that thought process give you more freedom? You know, you just mentioned worrying about not worrying about a song that may play on radio. Well, let's face it, you know, rock radio is, is becoming less and less existent day by day. So as an artist that maybe was kind of, you know, kidnapped by that, you know, uh, that sense of writing a song for radio years ago, artists today have more kind of creative freedom because they don't have to worry about, you know, the record company saying, oh, you got to write a song to get on this. You got to write a song to get on that. Is that a, a true statement? Well, we haven't had, you know, we haven't had that kind of input um, since maybe the, the Blackbird record. You know, it, it's it, nobody's come into the studio or heard anything and said, well, it'd be great if you had a song like this or that. Everybody, everybody just stays away and lets us do what we want to do. And um, since about the same time, you know, you, when you're when we were younger, of course, you're like, oh, that's going to be the radio single. All right. We got to edit it down. We got to make it good for radio. But um, I stopped that many, many records ago. And it, it does feel it feels like you have a lot of freedom. You can do whatever you want. I think at one point um, we had written I forget what record it was, but we put our our single out. and We put everything we had behind it and we put all the the marketing behind it and everything and i think it reached like number 13 or something it's like what you know it a 13 number 13 song is not going to push the needle for us let's not bend over backwards to try to get this to happen when we can just write the best songs we can and not not have to um you know conform in any way because we often have this conversation here on the podcast about rock music being mainstream and I've evolved my thinking where I, when I first started doing this podcast, I thought it was so important for rock to be back to mainstream. And now I look at it like rock is in the best place possible, in my opinion, because like you just said, you have artistic freedom. You have, you can put out the music you want. You can, you know, you're not owned by a corporation that tells you how to do this or tells you, you know, to do that. I was talking to an artist a month ago and the record label wanted him to do a Kanye West cover. You know, and, 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 you know, not having that attachment or not having that, that overshadowing an artist, I think really brings a lot of freedom more so than ever before in rock music, because it's kind of left alone now because, you know, the big corporate record companies or whatever don't really care. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's sad to hear that. It's sad to say that, but there's a positive in that too. How do you feel? I think they still, I think they still care when it comes to, you're huge artists, you know, you're huge pop stars, you're, um, you know, uh, the, the biggest, the Taylor Swift's of the world. You know, I think, I think still people, you know, the record labels and the people behind the business side of things probably still come to them and say, Hey, I've listened to this record and I think we, we still need a single or whatnot. I, th- I still think that that happens when you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars flowing to these big companies. Um, but when you're talking a band like us, people, I think, people don't want to offend us by giving us opinions on what they, how they think we should run our, our business or write our songs or put our records together. Cause we've been doing it for 20 years. You know, I think that might have changed if all of a sudden we were selling millions and millions of records and, 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 you know, uh, feeding all these, you know, hundreds of people's families that work at the uh, record labels and, you know, the big machine. 
Is there a big tour plan for you guys? Is what, What's next for, for your support with the album? Uh, we head out for a European tour in November and December. And then we come back to the States in January for a three-week tour, two weeks off, another three-week tour. And uh, we'll keep going through the end of the year. Yeah, you guys are hitting Chicago, I think, with Mammoth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be exciting. They're playing the Riviera. Great theater down, historical theater down in, in the city of Chicago. Um, as far as, you know, the next single or the next song you're going to release, are you guys done releasing stuff or is there something on the way as well? Uh, we have no plans other than um, Silver Tongue is still the single we're working. I think uh, it's kind of just now that the record's out, we get a good um, view of what the opinions are on the strongest song. So kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, Mark, it's been a blast. Thank you very much for the conversation. The new album, Pawns and Kings, is out everywhere today. It's a great album, great album to start out the fourth quarter here in 2022. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.